Welcome to Rancho Baptist Church. This message was brought to you by the gifts and love offerings of the people of Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. Pastor Jason Swanson is our senior pastor here at RBC, and this message was recorded during our regular Sunday morning services. As Pastor Jason continues in his Christmas series, today he talks about how our great coming king was first revealed to lowly shepherds. Let's join Jason now in his sermon entitled, The Coming King, Worshipped by the Shepherds. This is part three of our series. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter two, and today Jason is looking at verses 15 to 20. Here's Jason. And good morning. I trust you are all having a wonderful morning. Isn't this weather nice? I get to wear a little sweater vest. We'll see how this goes, third service, if I start sweating. That's all right. The Lord knows such things. I am Pastor Jason, and and thank you so much for choosing to come and worship with us this morning. What we have been doing is walking through the book of Acts, expositionally going verse by verse, but we have taken a, a little break, step away from Acts, and and started a Christmas series that will basically last all five weeks throughout the, the month of December here. And, and the intention was to, to stop, to pull back, to slow down, to stop if we can. And just remember what is so significant about Christmas. And to remember our Lord, to remember the Lord Jesus Christ and not get so caught up in all the other things that are going on that we miss the baby in the manger. And last week we looked at the angels. This morning we are going to look at another group that we're all familiar with. And in some cases, perhaps we're, we're too familiar with this group. And who I'm talking about are, are the shepherds. And, and if you're like me, as you think back over the past, you, you might remember a time when, when you got to play some sort of part in the nativity story. In Christ's story of Christmas, perhaps at church or maybe at school. And as it came time to to raise your hand as to who you would want to be. If you were like me, you wanted to be an angel, especially if school they had like the rope and they hang you up and you get to fly around and stuff like that. Right? Why? Why? Because angels, they're all in white and they have these these cool wings and and, and they, they look awesome. Or who else would you want to be? Generally, you'd want to be one of the wise men. Of the three wise men, because, man, they have these awesome robes and everything else and cool hats, and, and then they get to bring these gifts, and, and that's also someone that everybody volunteers for. And perhaps Mary and Joseph as well. That's someone else that everybody volunteers. Oh, I, I, I'd love to be Mary and Joseph. And usually you don't get a real baby for Jesus, right? You get like the, the fake little baby because you don't want somebody to get hurt. But when it comes time to to the shepherds and to the animals. Then, then all the hands go down and you're hoping that you're not chosen. Why? Well, nobody wants to be raggedly dressed like, like those shepherds, right? To, to be dirty like the shepherds or, or what have you. Generally, it, does, it seems like not many kids are too excited. Oh, yes, pick me, pick me to be, to be the shepherd. And yet that is who God picked, right? Of, of all the people... That God chose, as we looked at last week, with this angel coming and, and, and giving the herald, giving the first birth announcement of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God becoming flesh. Who does He choose? He, he chooses shepherds. 
Now, if I was going to choose someone, that the last person I would have chosen were, were, were these shepherds. I would have thought about, man, I want a platform where, where this message can then just go out to everyone. Because this, this platform of the shepherds, well, who would they speak to? Well, well they'd speak to the sheep, right? And, and they were out by themselves so much that who did they hang out with? They hung out with more shepherds. And generally, when we look at the shepherds, we tend to think of them as, as not only lowly, but we think of them as kind of the bottom rung of the, of the social ladder. And yet, is indeed that what we see from the Scriptures? Or is there something more significant about the shepherds? Why, why didn't God choose to send His angel to a king? Why didn't He choose to send His angel to the Pharisees or the Sadducees, the spiritual elite of this day? Why didn't he even choose to send them to some government officials or to the rich and the famous? Why did God choose of all people the shepherds? Do you, do you have any idea why he chose the shepherds? And could it be that there's more to it than just the fact that they were the lowliest of the lowly? And was that indeed the case? If you were going to think about the shepherds and where this whole idea of shepherding began, where, where would you start? Where do you think the beginning of shepherding began? Does it begin with the life of Christ? Is this where we first see shepherds come on to the scene? Or does it actually go back further? Well, just as we saw with the angels, the history, the past of the shepherds is significant. Turn with me to Genesis. Because if you can believe it, You have to go all the way back to find the first shepherd. In fact, as far as human history goes, you cannot go further back than Scripture goes to reveal to us where shepherding begins and who indeed is the first shepherd. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. As this morning, we will be looking at the coming of the King as we have been looking at for the last several weeks so that we do not lose sight of this incredible scene of God taking on human flesh and form. And this morning in particular, we're going to be looking at how this coming King was worshipped by the shepherds. But look at verse 26, Genesis chapter 1, a verse of Scripture that we're all familiar with, but we tend to not think about the significance of the second half. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So what's the implication? The implication here is that God tasks Adam with the job, with the responsibility, with the vocation of looking after the animals, all the animals, which would also include sheep. Which means that Adam could be construed, could be understood as the first shepherd. Do you want more proof that it goes back this far? Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn to Genesis chapter 4. Because not only is Adam seen as a shepherd, but of the first two sons born to Adam and Eve, one of them is seen clearly as a shepherd. Look at Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. Again, she, meaning Eve, gave birth to his brother, Abel. 
And Abel was a keeper of the flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So of all the vocation, of all the work that that God could have given these two boys to do, we see that Abel, interestingly enough, is, is, is a shepherd. That's what he does. That's what he's all about. So is there significance behind this idea of the shepherd? Or did this just come about in Jesus' time? No, there is significance. It goes all the way back to the beginning of human history. And as we look at this idea of shepherding, and shepherds in particular, in Scripture we we see it one of two ways. Either we, we look at a shepherd and we see him portrayed literally as we see here in Genesis, right? When it says a shepherd, it means one who herds sheep. That's what a shepherd does. A sheep herder. But it can also be taken figuratively. It can be ascribed to someone else who actually doesn't have sheep, so to speak. That that is not so much what his job is as it's talking about the, the characteristic of a shepherd that he loves and gently provides, protects, cares for his people. And do you know who Scripture talks about being the great shepherd? The shepherd of Israel. It is the Lord God Almighty. And we see this all throughout the Psalms. So it's not just that at times that we look at it literally, but we see that God is pictured as the great shepherd. In Psalm 68, 7, that he, that he is the one who goes before the flock of Israel. In Psalm 23, that, that He is the one who guides the flock. That He is the one who protects the flock. He is the one who leads the flock to its water. And then in Isaiah, we, we see that, that He is also the one who carries the young of the flock. But it doesn't stop there. As we see God's Word reveal more and more of His revelation to us, we see this idea of the shepherd coming up again and again and again. When it comes to the Messiah, it is spoken that that the Messiah will be a shepherd. When it comes to the coming King, King David, speaking of the Davidic covenant, it speaks of King David being a shepherd. And then as as we turn to the New Testament, and as we see Christ's church, and we see leadership in the church. What, what is the, the characteristic? What, what is the, that particular word picture given to those who look after Christ's church as far as being leaders, as far as being elders, as far as being pastors? What are they seen as? They're seen as shepherds. And so it shouldn't surprise us that when it comes to Jesus Christ Himself, after His birth, That when he speaks of himself in John chapter 10, he speaks of himself being the great shepherd, being the one shepherd, being the good shepherd. And in John 10, 11, he speaks of himself being the shepherd who would lay down his life for his sheep. So obviously there there is quite a bit of history in God's word with with this whole aspect of, of being shepherds and the intentionality of God choosing to to send the angel to the shepherds first was all part of his plan. But you can't look at a shepherd without looking at his what? His sheep. Because they they go together like a hand in a glove. There's no way that you can be a shepherd and not have sheep. In fact, that the chief care or the main job of the shepherd is to make sure that the sheep are fed that the sheep have water, that the sheep are protected. 
And in the case of the sheep, they need to be protected. They need to have somebody lead them. Why? Because they are so dumb. That is the chief characteristic of sheep. They are dumb. They will follow a whole bunch of sheep right off of a cliff. They need someone to protect them, to guide them, to lead them, to direct them. Could it be that the reason why the Lord chooses the shepherds is to remind us that He is the great shepherd? And that what He has provided is the great shepherd in Jesus Christ. That's why He chooses the shepherds. And and we don't need too many examples to see that that as sheep need a shepherd, so we do. Back in 1910 or to 1911, there was a great big storm in Syria. And over three feet of snow were, was dropped upon the ground where, where all these sheep were at. And all the sheep had to do was to go to a lower elevation. They, they just needed to move and, and they could get out of that section where all the snow was. But would the sheep in their own account and by their own reckoning say oh yes we're going to get up no the sheep won't even go back home you have to lead them everywhere so what did the sheep do they stayed there and thousands of sheep died but but they didn't die because of hypothermia they didn't die because they were cold from the snow they died of starvation why because they wouldn't dig down into the snow and, and and find the grass that would give them life they needed a shepherd and we need a shepherd too And so all that with just the beginning of the background. Turn with me to to Luke chapter 2 as as we again will will go back to this account in Luke. And we will see from God's Word what the shepherds have to teach us this morning about Christmas and how we should follow the lead of the shepherds. In Christmas, in this season in particular. So Luke chapter 12... We're going to be looking at verses 15 to 20 this morning. Luke, sorry, chapter 2, verses 15 to 20. Continuing on from where we picked up last week after looking at the angels, now we're going to zero in on the shepherds and glean from God's Word what we are to glean so that we can celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ even more this Christmas. Verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, our chief's desire, our heart's desire, the reason why we've come this morning is to give you praise, to give you glory. Help us to do that this morning. Help us to see you as the shepherds saw you. As the worthy one of all praise and adoration. As the one worth seeking. As the one worth proclaiming to all around us, Lord. And as the one worth 
giving our praise and adoration to. So guide our time in your word now and speak to us and allow your Holy Spirit to be our guide and to be the one who illuminates your word and makes it clear, Lord. For it's in Jesus Christ's precious name that we pray. Amen. So what we see here simply are three actions that the, that the shepherds take that, that we should follow during this Christmas season so that we do not lose sight of Christ. And what we are going to see is first these shepherds, they seek the coming king. Then we're going to see that they spread the message of the coming king. And finally, we are going to see that they stop and they worship and give glory to the coming king. But the chronology is important. And so the first thing that we will see this morning, and look with me at verse 15, we're going to see what they do first is they seek the coming king. They don't stay where they are. They, they don't get lost in the glamour and the lights and, and they don't sit there and they don't keep talking about, oh, those angels were awesome. Can you? There were so many. Joe, how many do you think there were? Oh, I don't know how many there were. They, they actually don't even consider themselves with the angel. Look at and what the angel says, but with the Lord. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And in the Greek, that the, the word angel and the word shepherd comes right next to each other as if to give us the idea that, that there is this contrast between what is heavenly and what is earthly. And, and, and while we are to recognize that we should live for the heavenly things, we should not keep our focus so much on, on heaven that, that we miss out on what the Lord wants us to do right here, right now. And we see this in the shepherds, do we not? As right away, what does it say that they do? They began saying to one another, hey, let's go and do this. This word in the Greek doesn't mean that, that it, it's only the idea that they began talking. It's, it's the idea that's much deeper than that. They, they began saying something and they said it over and over and over again. That no matter what, they always came back to this because this was what was central in their mind. This is what their focus was. All that they were considering themselves, all that they were about was this baby. This announcement. This is what they could not stop talking about. What a challenge. They didn't get lost in this or that. They didn't start thinking about, even in the middle of the service, man, when I get done with this, I'm going to go online, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to get it off Amazon, and hopefully it will make it to such and such by the time Christmas Day comes. As we all get so distracted, do we not? These guys were not allowing these other things to distract them. And they saw this as coming from the Lord. And look at what they say first. Let's go straight there. Hey, we're not going to go over here. We're not going to go over first here and talk to these guys. We're not even going to stop at a halfway point. We're going to go straight to Bethlehem. We're not going to turn to the right or to the left. We are going to be focused on this task, which is we want to seek this child. Is that the case for us this morning? That we are seeking Him in the midst of Christmas and all that is going on that we are remembering Him. They were both committed and excited about going and seeing this thing that they had been told. And then, and then notice how they respond as they say, this thing that has happened, 
that has been told to us by the angel. No, they don't say that. This thing that has happened that has been told to us by the Lord. They recognize that what the angel has said is not the angel's voice, so to speak. It is the Lord speaking truth to them. And and notice too, and how they phrase it. This thing that has happened. They already recognize it and see it and believe it as having already been completed. They have taken what the angel has said, not only as from the Lord, but they have believed in it. And they are now considering it a done deal. That, that is faith. They recognize already that when they get there, they're going to find this baby. And in the Greek, it's even deeper than, than just an idea that this is a completed action in the past. It's the idea that it's a completed action in the past that has consequences, results, ongoing to the present. So that the shepherds recognize, hey, yes, this is a completed thing, but this is for us. And that we today, as this continues on, and as we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can say with the angels, this is something that happened in the past, but this is something that means something to me today. That's what these shepherds are saying. That's how excited they are about this. They they recognize by faith, yes, this indeed has happened. And all of us, at some point throughout this season, we we must stop. And we must reckon whether or not what Scripture says is true or not. Not whether or not you can grasp your head around the fact that God became man, but whether or not it's true. By faith, do you accept this as true? Because this does not make sense any other way. To, To say that that. A baby was born to a virgin is not the norm. (laughs) That defies all kinds of normal expectations. It goes against what, what would be the norm for everything. And the fact that God became flesh is something that we must take by faith, just as these shepherds have done. Have you done that? Have you stopped and acknowledged how incredible this is and by faith accepted it? Entrusted in Him. Because we should. But what we see with them is, is these shepherds, is they, they did this before they had even seen the baby. Look at verse 16. As we see next how they actually seek. It isn't just that they seek, but they seek in a, in a certain way. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as He lay in the manger. So they didn't nonchalantly go very slowly and, and, and stop every 200 yards and catch their breath. And on top of all of that, do you know how long of a journey this was? This was two to three miles. This wasn't some small little journey that they were doing. And, and it says that they were, they were in a hurry. That, that speaks of an urgency. That speaks that they were doing this quickly. They were committed to get there as quickly as they could. No, no matter what the cost. And and pull back with me for a moment, because Luke doesn't give us much detail. All he says is, well, they they showed up real quickly, and then they found Mary and Joseph and the baby there, just as the angel said, just as they knew was going to happen. But but pull back and think about this. So so it's just Mary, Joseph, and and the animals, and, and now baby Jesus. And these shepherds show up out of the blue, something that that most likely they're not ready for. 
So I would naturally assume that, that Mary or Joseph, one of the first things they say is, hey, what are you guys doing here? And then the shepherds would say, well, you won't believe what happened. We were minding our own business, tending to our sheep, and all of a sudden an angel showed up. But it wasn't just a normal angel. The glory of the Lord was all around him. And as he spoke, he told us this incredible story. He said this baby has been born. And this baby is, is, is in all places in a manger. And he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. And on top of all of that, if that didn't blow our minds enough, he said that this baby would be the Messiah. And so we came here right away. And just as the angel said, it was what the Lord said. Look, that is how we have found you and your baby. Can you believe this? And Joseph would say, well, yes, I can. You want to know why? Because I have the same story. An angel came to me. Because I had already noticed that, that Mary was pregnant. And I knew it wasn't from me. And so I was going to divorce her. And I was all set on divorcing her when this angel showed up. And he said, no, don't divorce her. She has been faithful. The reason why she is pregnant is because of the Lord. It is because of the power of the Lord. So you take her as your wife. And this child, this child's going to be different than all other children ever born. In fact, they're going to call him Emmanuel, God with us. And I want you to call him Jesus, meaning Savior. And as Joseph finished his story, then Mary pipes up and she says, and you know what? I had an angel come and visit me. And he said his name was Gabriel. And he said that I would be with the child. And I'm like, no, I can't be with the child. What are you talking about? And the angel said, but with God, all things are possible, Mary. And you are going to have a baby, a baby boy. And you are to name him Jesus because he will be the savior. And he, on top of all of that, will be the son of God. And as their three stories emerge and they converge into one story and they each now see, oh my, our story is the same as your story, which is the same as her story. And it is one story. And this story all goes to him. This baby here. I I, I would just believe that at some point the awe, the wonder of all of this just takes them and perhaps drives them to their knees in worship and in praise. As, as they put all of this together and see that this indeed is the Lord. But you know what? The shepherds don't stop there. They could have. You know, in fact, they didn't even have to leave. The, the angel didn't tell them and give them some sort of command. Hey, this is where this baby is. Now go there. He just told them where the baby was. It was their own desire. They wanted to pay their, put their faith in action. So that's why they wanted to go see this baby. But they could have left here. They could have just been in awe and wonder by themselves and then gone back home. But they don't do that. Because they give us the, the next lesson that we are to learn. The next action that, that we should give. And that is that they spread the message of the coming King. Look at verses 17 to 18. As again, Luke is so short on, on how he tells this to us. When they had seen this, when they had seen this miraculous thing, this God becoming flesh, this very exact same thing that the angel had told them, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. So what did they do? 
They couldn't help but stop and tell everyone around them. Do do you see the progression? The angel comes, gives the message to the shepherds. The shepherds believe that message. They go and they see with their own eyes. And then they go ahead and they give the message. That is what we are supposed to be doing. That's what Christmas is all about. Now, if I were to ask all of you, I want you to raise your hand. Who has told somebody about Jesus Christ this Christmas? Raise your hand. Man, no doubt we'd all be shamed. Right? But this is what we should do. What a wonderful opportunity right now to share Jesus Christ with everyone. Why? Because He's on everybody's minds to a certain extent. And yes, He might get lost in Santa Claus and, and Rudolph and this and that, but for the most part, there is like no other time of the year the opportunity before us to share Christ just as these shepherds share Christ. And notice the, the evangelism method that they use. It's the four spiritual laws. It's, it's the Romans. No, it's not. It, it's none of that. It doesn't have to be an evangelism method. Just because you, you haven't gone through some formal training does not mean you cannot share Christ. You, you can do it simply the way that the shepherds did. What do they do? They share what was shared with them. This baby is the Son of God. This baby is the Savior. This baby is the Messiah. And we know that it goes more than that. That this baby lives a perfect life. This baby then goes to the cross. This baby then dies. This baby then sheds His blood to be the perfect sacrifice for sin so that all those that would believe in Him should not perish. That That's what... We should say. That's what the shepherds are are pointing to. They're pointing to Jesus Christ. But then look at this too. Notice how many hear and are in wonder in verse 18. And all who heard. It's not like some that heard wonder. Everyone who hears this message, their, their, their response is amazement. But think with me just for a moment. Okay, if these shepherds are, are supposed to be the outcasts, if these shepherds are supposed to be ones that, that can't even in a formal, formal court of law give a public testimony and, and be verified witnesses, then, then wouldn't you think that, that when the shepherds came and gave this message, that they would first respond in such a way, well, I don't know that I can believe you. You're just a lowly shepherd. What do you know anyways? But instead, we don't see that. We, we see them take everything that the shepherds tell them and, and, and they actually listen to it. They don't question the messenger. Which makes me wonder if perhaps the way that we sometimes look at shepherds as being these overcat, these outcasts, and, and, and these ones that are despised, that aren't looked at in a favorable light, that, that maybe actually that perspective is a little bit off. That maybe if these shepherds went to the Jewish population, which I believe they did because these are most likely Jewish shepherds because of the fact that they understand everything the angel is telling them. That if they went to a Jewish group and, and they were sharing this message, why would they listen to them? Well, I believe they would listen to them pointing back to what we already began with. 
pointing back to Adam, pointing back to Abel, but it, but it continues on after that. As we come to the father of the Jewish nation, as we come to Abraham, if we were to turn to Genesis chapter 13, you know what we would find about father Abraham? We would find that he too is a shepherd. And then who's the number two man in all of Judaism? It would be Moses. And if we turn to to Exodus chapter 3, you know what we would find there? We would find that Moses was a shepherd. And then if we move forward in time and we came to the greatest king ever of the nation of Israel, we'd come to King David. And you know what we would find? We would find that he's a shepherd. And if that isn't enough, as we come to the New Testament and we see Jesus Christ, and we see Matthew depict Jesus as a shepherd like this, in Matthew 2.6 he says this, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, because out of you will come a leader who will shepherd my people Israel. If shepherds were viewed as, as such the outcasts and they were looked at as almost deplorable, then why would Jesus be, be cast in this light? Why would he be seen as a shepherd? Unless there's a, an understanding that shepherds actually were a good thing. And I believe that is the case. That's why Jesus even depicts himself in John chapter 10 as being the good shepherd. And this makes it much easier to see why the people would listen to the shepherds. Because they recognize that the rich history of themselves as a Jewish nation and how important shepherds have been. But then going on. What do we see about these men who wonder? What what does that mean? Does that mean that they believe that this coming baby, that that, that what the shepherds say and what the the shepherds are pointing to, meaning Jesus Christ, do they believe in their wonderment that He is indeed the Messiah? Does amazement equal salvation? No. How do we know this? Because we don't see anything happen after this. You would think that if they really believed this, that they would then ask the shepherds, well, hey, where where was this baby? Can we go see him? And and yet they don't do any of that. And and what a challenge to us this morning. Are, Are there circumstances where at times we just stay in wonder, but we actually never keep moving on past that? It's not enough to just come to church and stay in wonder and amazement over the fact that possibly this could happen. You actually have to step forward by faith and say, yes, this did indeed happen. And that's where these guys fall short. But we also see in the next verse, verse 19, that there's someone who goes further than just being in a state of wonder. And there are some things for us to learn from Mary. Look at verse 19. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. We see the contrast between the group before that heard from the shepherds and were in a state of wonder with Mary now. Why? Because we see that but. But in contrast, unlike all of those other who, others who heard, Mary is different. Mary takes what what has been happening and she takes it and she ponders it with her heart, in her heart. Wondering, 
what, what's going to happen? Have you ever thought about what, what, what this means? What kind of things Mary could have been pondering? I, I would think on some aspects it's just the normal motherly kind of thinking. Man, it's, it, 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 am I going to be a, a, a normal mom? to this child is is jesus gonna gonna be a a, a, just a normal baby is he gonna learn to walk the same time as all the other babies is he gonna learn to talk the same time as all other babies but then there had to be this other side of her where she recognizes this was a miracle and this baby before her is a miracle this baby is the son of god and i wonder if this baby will do miracles i i wonder if this baby will start talking now this baby will defy all other normal babies and, and, and just do things that, that I will recognize that he is indeed God, or if that isn't the case. And these are the things that, that, that Mary is pondering. She's considering, wondering exactly what is going to happen with this child of hers and how this is all going to work out. And I believe this morning there, there's some lessons for us to learn from Mary. In particular for you who come here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and and hear the Word of God preached. Take note from Mary. Take the things that are are preached on it and and write some notes and take them back and, and mull over them. Chew on them. Ponder them in your heart. That's, that's why, we, why we give these points to ponder. So that this isn't just a Sunday thing and then you leave and nothing is different. That's what was going on with, with these other folks. They were in a state of wonderment, but then it never came into anything. I would say this would go the same with your devotional time with the Lord as you spend time digging into His Word this week. I don't know what your normal routine is, but if, but if you normally just rifle through an entire chapter and you barely get anything out of it, I would encourage you this week to follow Mary and to just read a couple verses and stop and read those verses again and again and just spend time putting those in your heart and asking the Lord to make it clear to you what the meaning of that is. And spend time ruminating on the Word of the Lord as you spend time seeking Him out. So, so we've seen these first two lessons from these shepherds. That we are to continually seek after Christ, especially in the season where it's so easy to miss Him. So easy to get distracted on this or that, that we need to go straight to Jesus as much as we can, whenever we can. And that we're to spread the message of Christ throughout this season. That this is the opportunity for us to follow suit with the shepherds and tell others about the birth of this Savior. The Savior. And then finally, what we're going to see that we need to follow suit, is this. That the shepherds praise God for their coming King. Look at verse 20. And we'll close with this. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Don't take this for granted. You know, so many times we... we, we we have some sort of mountaintop experience where everything is so great, right? Perhaps sometimes that's like coming to church. You get all excited about the things the Lord is teaching you. And then tomorrow you go back to work and you get right back into the normal routine and everything that the Lord reminded you of Sunday is gone. We don't see that with these shepherds. They go back 
They go back to their normal routine. They're going back to the sheep. They're going back to their old life where there would be a strong pull for them to just go back to the way they used to live. But they go back changed. They go back with a new perspective. And as a result, we see them glorifying and praising God. Notice too who they are praising God with. This isn't some solo thing that, that they're each in their own little part of the road praising God by themselves. No, they're praising the Lord together like some sort of shepherd family, right? As all the shepherds are going back to where they came from, they're all praising God. And that's why we come together so that we can lift our voices to one another and to the Lord. That's what's going to be so cool about this evening, that we get to come back and the whole time will just be devoted to praising the Lord together. Let, let me just throw this out to it in conclusion. Think about this. So, so at the beginning, we saw that, that these shepherds, as the angels leave, that they then go ahead and they start talking among themselves. Hey, let's go over here right now. We're going to go straight to Bethlehem. What didn't we see? For all that we saw, for all the haste, for all the, the way that they hurried and, and went to Bethlehem, what we don't see is any mention of what they did with their sheep. Right? I mean, it's missing. And, and this is their livelihood. This is their life. What do you mean they just left the sheep there? Well, that's what they did. Do you understand the cost that they considered? They said, okay, do we stay in and, and appoint a couple guys? We don't see that. It, it does not appear like any of them stayed back. And they didn't stop at somebody's house and say, hey, Joe, we had a visit by an angel. And sorry, you're bummed. Can you go and look after the sheep? We're going to go. No, we don't see anything like that. They just take off right away. They consider the cost. And what they say is, okay, you know what? It's worth it. It is worth it to risk losing a couple sheep in order for us to go see what we have been told. And I don't know where you were at this morning, but perhaps this is the message for you this morning. That there is something that the Lord has been working in your heart about. And when you consider it, you go, no, 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 that's too high of a cost. I'll trust you in all sorts of other things, Lord, but I'm not going to trust you with that one. I'm not going to leave these sheep alone here because I am a shepherd and I know what happens when you leave sheep alone. Right? Perhaps, perhaps that is why you're here this morning. For, for the Lord to encourage you to walk before Him. You know, we don't see anything that the sheep got scattered that the sheep got destroyed. We're not told anything about the sheep, actually. Why? Because that's not the point. The point is, is, is that they went and they did what they were supposed to do. They followed the leading of the Lord, and that is what we should do. Walk by faith, trusting Him. Some things to consider this week. Points to ponder. As I've already said, consider how the shepherds hurried off to see Christ. They considered the news of Christ's birth so good, they had to see it for themselves. How excited are you about Christ this Christmas? Hopefully this is an encouragement to you as it's it's been an encouragement to me to get my focus back on the Lord this Christmas season. Number two, consider how Mary pondered everything that had happened. We need to learn from Mary. In your time in the Word this week, read fewer verses, but spend more time contemplating and meditating on what those verses mean, as, as I already said. Let, let this be a challenge to all of us. 
to step away from just reading for reading's sake, but read in order to inform your heart, in order to spend time in meditation on your heart. And number three, consider the chain reaction of the message of Jesus' birth. The angel tells the shepherds, and then the shepherds tell those around them, shouldn't we be telling people the same message that the angel and and the shepherds told? The the song that that we've chosen is, What Child Is This? And I I believe with everything that we've seen this morning, this is a pretty good depiction of, of possibly what Mary and Joseph and the shepherds were thinking. Think about the fact as as this child is before them, who is this child in this lowly manger? Who is this child that's born so anonymously and yet an angel comes and all these angels come? Who is this child that that really has the most famous of all famous of all births? This child who becomes the most influential person ever to live. That is the, the child that we worship this morning that we sing praises to our Lord and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's worship together. Hey, thanks for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to serve you with this CD ministry. Here at Rancho Baptist Church, our mission is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and live to reach their world for Christ. And if you have any questions regarding this sermon, or just perhaps knowing God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to give us a call. Our phone number is area code 951-676-2911. Or you can reach us on the web at www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. That's www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. Have a great day in the Lord, and God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.